Welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of the preseason report. 40 year vet Tim May, Andy Backstrom, Spencer Holbrook, Ohio State defensive line in the books. Uh, we can close that chapter of spring, or not spring, geez, fall camp, training camp, whatever you want to call it. Tim, they big, all meld together at this point, they hope. Big takeaways from the training camp session with the defensive lineman, Tim. My biggest takeaway is just Coach Larry Johnson just stressing, stressing, and you can see it is percolated into the into his group is stop the run first, stop the run first. That's always the tenet when it comes to defense, scheme, et cetera, stop the run. But clearly there were a couple of games last year where stop the run was uh, not at a premium. And it's interesting how that is now, that is almost the motto of this football team. As many stars, as many great looking athletes they've got on the defensive side, the uh, rudiment is stop the run first uh, and then go from there. And uh, and it appears, based on the way we were talking to all these guys, from JT Tuimolau to, to uh, Jaden uh, McKenzie to uh, right on down the line, uh, these guys are all getting it. And the other thing that stands out is, is, is Larry Johnson talking about playing his four. If you play his four, there's a good chance one of you is going to come free in a pass rush situation. But with all the schemes they've got now to pick up, uh, to pick up uh, defensive ends, to chip on defensive ends and stuff, and they've got, we, you know it, when they got Mike Hall on the field, and if they can get Tyleek Williams in there with Mike Hall, for example, and whatever, whatever kind of uh, concept you want to get to, or Taiwan Malone or Ty Hamilton, and then you got JT Tuomolau and Jack Sawyer on the edges, or Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, that's some pretty, that's some pretty nice talent coming after your quarterback. And if you play as four, as he says, as opposed to individually, there's a good chance you're going to have some success. I know what your big takeaway is. This this rotation saga is yeah. not not over. It may just be beginning. Uh, Andy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the mic now, and, and you can run with it. Yeah, I'm kind of just confused at what's going on with this rotation for the defensive line because it seems like Larry Johnson still really wants to have this deep rotation, have guys constantly available towards the end of the year, which which makes sense in premise. But Ryan Day has said repeatedly this off season that he kind of wants to shorten that rotation and have a guys play the majority of the snaps, an elite group of guys. So I don't know how elite group, like how big that is, five, six, seven. I there's don't know what, what that means, but it seems like there's kind of a contradiction between those two viewpoints. I think to translate for it, what he wants is, he wants those guys available at critical moments in games to throw that number one quote, number one unit, end quote, out there and get after it. And he doesn't, they're still gonna rotate. I mean, Larry Johnson, I mean, you know, we were just talking with him uh, after the after the interview there. Uh, I was talking with him with a couple other guys. And you got to have fresh. I mean, you know, a JT Tuimolau after 40 snaps is a different guy from a JT Tuimolau after 80 snaps, no matter who you are. Even the Bosa brothers didn't play every down. Chase Young didn't play every down. The key is to have them fresh in the late third quarter or fourth quarter when you really need that uh, – that pop, and uh, I think that's what's right. What Ryan Day is talking about most of all, because you've got to rotate guys. They're going to rotate receivers for that, yeah. you know. I guess the question is, how deep does that run? Yeah, exactly. Right, because well, you don't need seven or eight guys. Well, they've got eight guys that than, can play, though. Don't right, you agree? they do, but yeah. there's a rhythm of playing a position. There's a groove that you can get in, and there's a dominance. We saw with JT at Penn State, right? You need to be more consistent with that. The question is, how consistent can you be when you're constantly being rotated and aren't on the field? For some of the best or most important plays of the game. Yep. Because JT didn't play every play at Penn no, State. No, no, no. They were and you don't need mixed, to be. Exactly. But there's a balance. Yeah. But 
no. I, I, this discussion needs to end with this. There were too many times in the freaking Northwestern game last year where I looked out there in a critical moment and Javante Jean-Baptiste was on the field and not JT Tuomolo. It's obvious that Ryan Day saw that. It's becoming more obvious that we talked to Larry Johnson that he still wants to have that kind of rotation. That cannot happen this year. There were too many times last year where you look out on the field and Jerron Cage and Javante Jean-Baptiste, no offense to those guys at all, were, not out, th were out there while my call was on the sideline or JT Tuimolova was on the sideline in critical moments of big games. That can't happen. How and many points did they give up at Northwestern? It, okay. I thought it was really interesting what, and aside then, from that. And then number two, on the first play of the game, here's JT Tuimolova, he's down, he's pass rushing, all of a sudden this guy, in essence, blindsides him with a with a crack in essence a crackback block and you know it's human nature from then on to have your head a little bit more on a swivel than you would have i mean uh there is there is definitely i i see where you're going there but there's definitely a time and a place for having a fresher player in there as opposed to a guy who is you know not fresh from just a get after it standpoint i i totally understand what you're saying there but the, the Bosa brothers, like I said, didn't play every play. Neither did Chase Young. And uh, that, I think that's going to continue. But in critical moments in games, I think you're going to see the number ones out there. This is now five seasons since Chase Young was on this field. This is more since the Bosa's were out there. Ohio State's production hasn't been where it should be on the defensive line, and they need to get that remedied. Larry Johnson also talked, I thought it was very interesting, about the sack production and how he doesn't necessarily look at sack production. Everyone else does. It's just the bottom line. Uh, I'm not here to argue with the best defensive line coach ever. He wants sacks, but he doesn't necessarily want them from one guy. Yes, and I, again, I'm not here to butt heads with the greatest defensive line coach to ever do this. But what I am here to do is point out when there are things that I don't agree with, like a first and 10 from the opponent's four-yard line when Javante Jean-Baptiste is out there instead of JT Tuimolowal in the third quarter of that Northwestern game, like when the, the sack production has gone down every year, uh, dipped all you know down way into the, even the 30s last year when it should be in the 50s with, or 40s or 50s with the talent that's assembled in this defensive line room. The production simply hasn't been there. And maybe we're just big dumb football for only looking at sack numbers and not pressure rate or whatever PFF numbers you want to throw out there, but like or it, situations in games. This defensive line has not been good enough the last few years, and I do think it's interesting that he still is is kind of set on not honing in on how do we get more sacks. It's it's more it's still more the same approach, and I I wonder is it going to work or will we see you know a spread out of four and a half sacks for ten guys instead of you know, a couple of guys get into that double-digit sack mark, Andy. It's an interesting proposition here that Larry Johnson's running. Well, it's not just the sack numbers. The pressure numbers are down a little bit, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, those things go hand-in-hand, hand and the pressures do matter more. But I think, you know, he does say those things, but then I also think there still is an emphasis on getting home because, as Tim was mentioning, it's the collective unit. Mm -hmm. And I do think there can be more production, even with fewer snaps. And, you know, there's a reason why there's not been someone to have more than five and a half sacks since Chase Young in, in 2019 here. So, and, and JT was talking about that. Like, we're working on our first step. It's faster now. J Jack Sawyer said the same thing. Jack Sawyer, by the way, is down 7% body fat since switching from the Jack back to defensive end. Feels way more comfortable back with his hand in the dirt. Those guys are, are definitely making improvements. I think they know that now is the time, you know, just as their freshman year feels like yesterday. It has been a couple years. Yeah. And now they're both here going into their junior year as former top five overall recruits in that class. And 
the time is now. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't mean to reiterate something. Larry Johnson wants sacks. He wants pressures. It's but his big his emphasis, as he keeps saying, is not on this defensive end starring above everybody else and getting there. Obviously, you want your star defensive ends to show that way, but they can show that way by by sucking up uh, big time double team blocks and freeing up like Mike Hall or uh, Ty Hamilton or whomever in the middle to win a one on one battle and get to get to the quarterback, which if in the modern game, if I want pressure anymore with the way they catch and throw anymore, I want it coming up the gut. I want it coming up the middle where the quarterback's got to worry about somebody in his face, not his left and his right. I think they're emphasizing that aspect of it too. So it's an overall approach. And yeah, we talked about it. You know, I brought it up uh, many times on these uh, inter- on these uh, shows that uh, JT Tuimolo, well, to a certain extent, had a pretty damn good year last year. But a lot of it was based on one game. You know, you want that's the consistency you want. You want across the board guys having those kind of games every game and when you're in the right place in the ball you have that opportunity then you make the plays you know but you still have the opportunities but one of the things way you get there is to have fresh guys out there pursuing it and that's all I would say and you know we can talk about your specifics for example about the Northwestern game you know I I don't know what to say about that guys were getting banged up in that game you you never know when a guy isn't 100% isn't even 90% and you got a guy in there because you want that guy in there because he's 100%. So there are all kinds of reasons why things happen sometimes. But here's the thing, to, to further your argument, is we have seen times when they just wholesale make changes on that front. Line changes, like hockey line exactly. changes. Exactly. And you kind of you scratch your head a little bit. Well, wait a minute, this, this seems like a critical moment in this particular game. Why are A, B, C, and D in there as opposed to one, two, three, four? And uh, – that, I think, it might be more of what Brian Day is talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about the entire time. But I don't mean they're not going to they're gonna play 90% of the time is my point. That's what I want to emphasize to folks. I don't, I don't think you're going to see that. A couple other things that I take away from today, fellas, uh, and usually I leave the takeaways to you guys most of the time and then react to them. But my, the a couple takeaways of, and the uh, sacks, right? Couple, yeah, a couple of takeaways that I have from today is um, I'm not ready to, this is kind of a more of an analogy, I'm not ready to, to dig the, the grave or buy the plot yet for the jack position. I don't but, know what, to, I don't know what I am, to make of it. But I am coming home and looking at the kids and be like, hey, hey, uh, you know your uncle there, he's, he's getting up there in age. Like, I don't, you know, he, we might start having some, some morbid conversations about the jack position. I don't know, guys. Uh, with the talent assembled, and the, the way that they can use the talent on the defensive line, especially Mitchell Melton talking about how most of the time he's just repping at defensive end. Yeah. Like, are we are we sure that we're going to see the Jack Did position? You hear what I, I asked Larry John. I said, who coaches the Jack? He basically said, I don't know. I mean, I mean I think but he basically said he doesn't coach it. But I know, like, I know. But it was but again, funny. I'm not here <laughs> to, to throw dirt on the Jack position yet. But, uh, you know. Not calling in hospice. We've been just doing asking that. the questions. We've been doing that all preseason. We've also been doing that for years with the bullet that never came to fruition. Bullet, yeah. Because once they realize they have good edge rushers right. who are just edge rushers, right. they say, well, why the hell are we doing this with a stupid right. I think, bullet? I think the jack is out there to make other teams prepare for a possible Well, and maybe jack. you'll see it. You understand what I'm saying? Well, maybe you'll see it 30 times against Indiana just to put it on tape. But, yeah. like, I just I don't see it being a, a big part of this defense. And talking to the defensive ends made me more confident in that stance than talking to the linebackers did because the linebackers were still gung-ho. Hey, maybe we'll get into the jack. Hey, maybe we'll do yeah, this and this. Well, we, 
we didn't hear that from the defense. Fellas, we got 16 days until the first game, and they're not even. They're talking like they haven't even practiced the Jack. Well, I mean, yeah, linebackers, it's, it's an opportunity to play, right? Yes. C.J. Hicks, how are you getting him on the field? The answer was a Jack this offseason. So now the question becomes, I know this is defensive line day, but it does bring up the question, if the Jack isn't, and unless this is all gamesmanship, and they're just not talking about it, and they're doing it behind closed doors. I think doors, there's a lot of gamesmanship being played, yes. Right. Unless that's what's happening, it does raise the question of, well, how is C.J. getting on the field? Because that's still an important question. But to go back to the defensive lineman here, uh, and just Mitch Melton has been impressive at defensive end yep. in itself. But then also the, the defensive interior we haven't talked about yet. And I think those tackles are maybe some of the, the deepest group on this team. And really, Larry Johnson was talking about how they all complement each other. They're all different. They all add a different thing to the mix. And Tyler Williams is now back. He's healthier now. He tweaked a knee earlier in camp, actually the first day yeah. of camp. But he is back now, and he says he feels good. So that whole rotation, Tyler Williams, Ty Hamilton, Mike Hall, Taiwan Malone, and you just go down the list. Jaden McKenzie. Jaden McKenzie. There's a host of guys there that will make an impact. They will be rotating. Yes, there will be two starters, but there's going to be rotation there. And I actually think, as opposed to defensive ends, the rotation uh, defense interior makes more sense to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that they're all going to pack a different kind of punch. I think it's interesting also that Ty Hamilton, who played a lot of nose last year, uh, is known as kind of a run stuffer for right now. He can obviously add to that arsenal with some pass rush stuff. Maybe talk to his brother because his brother was excellent at pass rushing. Uh, but then we ask Taiwan Malone, hey, what are you best at? He said, I'm best at stopping the run. What do you need to improve on? Probably rushing the passer. Well, if you've got the ability to put Ty Hamilton and Taiwan Malone on the field in a run-stopping situation, but yeah. then in your pass, pass rushing situation, you can put a Tyleek Williams and a Mike Hall out there. Yeah. You're talking about platooning the right way. And I think that's my big thing is like, you, you, if you're gonna do the platoon system, you gotta make sure that you're doing it with a purpose and not just to keep guys fresh. Like it has to be, you know, with a, a defined purpose. Yeah. And if you can talk about stuff in the run, again, with Ty Hamilton and Taiwan Malone, and if they happen to pass, those guys still have the ability to get home, but then, the pass rush situation, maybe that rushman package makes a return. We haven't seen it as much the last couple of years with a Mike Hall, with a Ty Leak Williams, and keeping them uh, fresh that way. I'm on board, but I'm not on board, yeah. uh, you know, with the with the other options that we saw maybe a little more of last year. That is a great point, Andy. I, I think that this this rotation can be done correctly, and those guys on the interior, that that's a good-looking group right now, and, that, and I'm yeah. really excited about watching Taiwan Malone. In that extra session, uh, we're, a couple of us were just talking to uh, Larry Johnson. That That's the point. He feels like he's got interchangeable guys from the nose to a three technique. You know, three technique, you want to be a little bit more of a, you know, better athlete, but all these guys can pretty much move. But, uh, you know, you look at a Taiwan Malone, you look at Mike Hall, you see what they bring from that uh, at a quick step uh, kind of situation, and you want to be able to throw curveballs at an offensive line where all of a sudden Mike Hall's at the nose instead of the uh, three technique or, or vice versa. That changes up everything, and that's what they're looking for. That's, what that's the point you're just making is what we're talking about. They are going to rotate guys in. They are, and it may be more uh, situation specific, but as, as you know, any coach will tell you, you don't, want to, you don't want it to be predictable. This guy's in there because of we expect mm -hmm. you to do this. And so that's why they're always working these guys, working these guys. But as the season goes on, if this works out the way they want it to and guys stay fairly healthy, and that's a big if because in the middle of, you know, it gets more and more intense in there the closer you get to the ball, uh, they could really have something going on because they've got guys who are experienced. They've got a transfer who they really believe in. You know, as a, I asked Larry Johnson, if you welcomed home 
is it welcome home stranger kind of thing to Taiwan Malone. We tried to recruit him the first time he didn't come here. Now he got baseball out of his system, won a national championship, <laughs> and now he's back here to play real football. I mean, that's a huge upgrade, in my opinion, to that room from a depth standpoint. And they want to utilize all of that. You just called uh, Ole Miss fake football. No, I didn't. <laughs> but you got to look back through the years. He's been closer to getting you to, to for a chance of winning a national championship in football. Yeah. Ole Miss or Ohio State. Well, Ole Miss hasn't won anything since segregation, so Ohio State has. So I would say Ohio State. Uh, Ole Miss has been pretty good. Uh, if you want to go see an Ole Miss game, I don't really know why you would, or I guess why I brought up Ole Miss. Uh, yeah. Hey, you if you want to go, if you want to go watch the Buckeyes, uh, however you want to do it, you should go use the GameTime app and GameTime.co, the best place to buy a ticket for those events. Morgan Wallen was in town last weekend. I'm sure plenty of people use the GameTime app to get their Morgan Wallen tickets. Uh, Tim, there's a pretty cool thing that GameTime does with uh, with tickets and matching prices and things. Uh, you're, you're, well, I think like, you're the guy to. to uh, well, yeah, to well, they have, but they have a, they, you know, they they have a guarantee, which is. If I buy my ticket uh, from GameTime or the game, GameTime.co or, or GameTime app, and I see that so I see a similar ticket, meaning in the same row, the same general area of the stadium for less, uh, they will refund 110% of the difference. GameTime.co or GameTime app will refund 110% of the difference between those two tickets. Now, of course, terms apply in anything you do, right? But uh, that's ridiculous when you think about it. And of course now, uh, if you download the GameTime app, your first purchase, you get what, $20 off. If you put in the, the promo code Buckeyes, Yeah. Buckeyes, you get $20 off your first uh, your first purchase. And you know, I think that's a hell of a bargain. Andy, I know you like saving $20, do you not? <laughs> it's a perfect time, it's always a good time. Yeah, uh, whether you wanna go watch a- Somebody else is buying. Whether you wanna go watch Boston College, Holy Cross, whether you wanna go watch Ohio State, Youngstown State, hey, you wanna head over to South Bend, watch Ohio State, Notre Dame, maybe come to Columbus, watch Ohio State, Penn State. However you wanna do it, you should use the Game Time app to go watch your favorite teams. Go see your favorite uh, artists in concert. Hey, maybe, maybe you can even get tickets to Taylor Swift. I tried, I failed, uh, but maybe you can. Who's to say? Uh, if you need to, to get any tickets, though, go to the GameTime app or GameTime.co. Of course, terms apply, but use the code Buckeyes. Get $20 off your first purchase. Again, Buckeyes on your first purchase. Get $20 off. Terms do apply. Uh, here are the terms of the rest of this show, fellas. Uh, we're about to get out of here, but before we do, JT Tuimolo, super high expectations. Um, yeah. The spotlight is clearly on him. I know Jack Sawyer, also former five-star guy, uh, Central Ohio native, but his star just doesn't seem to be shining as bright as JT Tuimolo, and rightfully so. Tuimolo has a little bit more of a pedigree for right now. Um, with great expectations, though, uh, sometimes it's hard to live up to that. And I just have a simple question. We're on defensive line day. Can JT live up to these expectations, Tim? Just quickly. I think, I think he is a solid, I think solid person, and I think he is a great player. Uh, but a lot of things have to happen, you know, just like we watched in that Penn State game, which we talked about a while ago. A lot of things happened, including them coming at him, you know what I mean? Or the ball trying to be thrown over his head and he makes a ridiculous play. If it had gone to the other side, it wouldn't have happened. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, a lot of things have to fall into your place. The thing about Jack Sawyer, you brought it up about the star situation, he's in sort of a different constellation now because now he's going to be – meaning he is a full-time, hand-in-the-rubber-grommets uh, uh, defensive end, and I think he is back in his element. 
he's back in his constellation. I think there's a good chance that he could really step up his game. But, you know, we get back to this one thing. Play your responsibility first. As four, play your responsibility first. And then when the play comes to you, make the play. Or whether it's a running play or a pass play, once once you've read pass play, get after the damn quarterback, but don't lose contain. There are all these things these guys have to go have to go through their uh, their head all at once. And uh, I think Jack Sawyer's built for that. So I think he's the guy that could really step up this season. Do you think JT can live up to the, these lofty expectations, Andy? I do. I honestly do. I think that it's consistency. It's also how much he's playing at the right times, as we talked about earlier in the show. And I think that if Jack Sawyer can be at least really Factor. good, too, that helps JT. Yeah. You can't double-team everyone, just like Larry Johnson said today. If Jack Sawyer's coming on really strong and playing really well, they're going to have to double him sometimes. That frees up JT. Okay, So he's not always getting double, tripled, or, hold, or held on a certain play. So I think they can help each other in a lot of ways this season. The other thing with Jack Sawyer is that people say, well, last year's kind of a lost season. He's playing the Jack. Production wasn't there, all that stuff. Well, he was saying today, like, it helped him see the field better. You have to know the whole defense during playing the jack. It's a completely different position yeah. than defensive end. So coming into back the defensive end position, yes, he is more comfortable, but he actually has more knowledge now of the system, which helps him too. Yeah, it's kind of like a golfer, a pro golfer. He sees the green like he's looking down on it. A guy like me, I just see the flag. I'm trying to hit it at the flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you understand the, the perspective you get uh, from that level is, is huge. And then you think the big thing that, deep, that offenses are doing now is in their pass pro there, man, you got a big time defensive end or something. They're gonna chip you every play, meaning you're getting blocked by this guy, but then another guy's gonna come up and uh, try to lay the hammer on you too before he maybe he goes out into a routing me get you that hard. Uh, well, you just better watch it. Yeah, exactly. But 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 if you can get all of a sudden, wait a minute, who are we gonna chip? Jack Sawyer or JT2 Molo? Well, wait a minute, you know, any good pass pro starts from the inside out. If my call is coming through the gap here, or Taiwan Malone or Ty Hamilton, it just changes everything. So that all for you know the four for four for all and all for four is a great approach, and I think it's going to benefit because, like you just said, I, I think Jack Sawyer's the real deal. JT Tuimola has shown us on many occasions he definitely is the real deal. That's what they want to establish here early in this season is who you going to chip. And we didn't even get to talk about Kenyatta Jackson Jr., who's having another great month here, as he just as he did in March, just as he yeah. did in April, uh, May, June, and July. August has been more of the same. He's really going to be the breakout dude. Man. Really excited to watch that guy. He might even lead the team in sacks. Who's to say? Uh, we're not to say just yet. We will be making some predictions here in the coming days. The coming weeks, as we are only 16 days from kickoff of Ohio State at Indiana at 3.30 on CBS, uh, that's going to be awesome. We're, we're going to be there. Letterman Row will be in full force over in Bloomington in 16 short days. The 40-year vet Tim May will be there. Andy Baxter will be there. Spencer Holbrook, I'll be there. Welcome Matt back from vacation, guys. He's been uh, working hard. He gets a week off. Now he's back. He'll be in the Letterman Lounge hanging out, talking Buckeyes recruiting. We'll be in the Letterman Lounge hanging out, talking Ohio State football. For now, we're in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center where we'll be when they allow us to be. For now, we're heading back home, and we'll see you guys in here on Monday. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the latest preseason report. We'll see you later.